Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Yeah, and I think when we get to uh, your next concern, one of the things is is that we want to make sure that people understand that we want to go with what Scripture says concerning our chances, our times of salvation, when we have time, while we have time to repent and so forth. So I think this would be a great time to also talk about that next concern concerning this exact issue here. Yeah, so pre-tribs offer a second second coming, a second and a third coming, really, if we're honest. And they give people the idea, and they sometimes may have the same idea. Well, if I miss the first train to heaven, I can catch the next one, the third one, because Jesus is coming back a second time at, at the rapture. Is that a second coming? That would be a second coming, right? Well, then seven years later, it's not really the same coming. It's He goes back up to heaven. It's a totally different coming. Hey, behold, so, he come upon the clouds? What's that? It's, but when he says, behold, he comes upon the clouds, you're saying that's a coming? Yeah. Okay, right. I was just making sure. All right. <laughs> uh, he didn't teach three comings. He talked about his first coming a lot. We see the incarnation in his, the, the blessed gospel, praise you, Jesus. But we see him also in Hebrews chapter 10. We see the word of the Lord, or 9, verses 27 and 28. It's when a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. But it goes on to say, we came the first time in regard to our sin, to deal with our sin. But the second time, he'll come back in regard to our salvation. That's a second coming, not a second and a third coming. You don't see that in Scripture. But by teaching people, guess what? There's a rapture coming, and you'll be raptured. And then people are writing letters to their family members. If you missed this rapture and you missed it, you know, you can get, you can come, you know, he's going to come back again. So what happens is people are being taught. They can miss the next coming, but then there'll be a following coming a third time. And that's a deception because that text tells people, guess what? I don't need to be ready for this coming necessarily. And if it happens that way and I miss the rapture, I'll just get right then. Well, guess what? That's a deception because when Jesus comes back, there's not a second chance after that. The door will be slammed shut. In fact, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 25. He talked about those sleepy virgins and how five of them didn't have any oil left. And he said, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him, verses 12 and 13, uh, to the wedding feast. And the doors were shut. Later, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. Isn't there another coming? You might imagine them saying, right? But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. There's not a second chance after Jesus returns. So this is another, all these, we could do a whole teaching on any of these concerns that we have because they're all huge, of huge importance. And it shows you how the pre-tribulation rapture, while many lovely, wonderful, beautiful brothers and sisters hold to it, and we love them in Jesus, you know, uh, we have to speak the truth in love and say, please hear our hearts that this is going to lead to great apostasy, you know? No, yeah, and this is the important thing to to deal with here. So, Joe, on your next one, when it comes to where we should be looking and the things we're supposed to be looking towards, what are some concerns you might have in that regard concerning the pre-trib rapture? A pre-trib rapture basically causes a lot of people to not look for the signs of Christ's return because they believe, many, most people that believe in a pre-trib rapture believe it's signless, believe it's imminent, it could be any moment, you know? Uh, Now, our death can be any moment, so we need to make sure we're always right with God. We can die... Uh, any of us could die this very day. So we want to make sure that we're trusting in Jesus, you know. Uh, Walter Martin, who was a post-trib, the Bible answer man, uh, he died on his knees uh, seeking the Lord, you know. He was ready to die. 
We need to always prepare to meet our God, you know. But the Bible doesn't talk about at any moment return of Christ. The Bible talks, Jesus talks about signs that lead up to his return. Certainly Paul didn't believe that Lord can come any moment. He talked, he was told about the mission trips he would be on and prophesied of, uh, you know, uh, when he would put off, how he'd put off his body. Peter talked about how the Lord showed him that he'd put off. We see that in, in John chapter 20 and 21, that Jesus talks specifically in 21 about how Peter will grow old and he'll be dressed and they'll basically live in martyrdom. How could he have believed in any moment return? So this idea that you have to believe in any moment return or it's not biblical, those guys didn't believe in it, you know? Uh, we see, you could prove real in Scripture, the, the apostles uh, were told certain things that would have to take place, including the coming of the Antichrist, the falling away. So uh, there's a, they, they teach a signless coming, and this is very, very huge because we read from Jesus, then, this, when they, uh, uh, then they will see the sign of, this, uh, the sign, I'm sorry, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, what things, the signs he's talked about? Straighten up and lift up your heads because the redemption is drawing near. So Jesus told us and his followers, the apostles, the leaders of the early church, right? And to carry this message throughout the world and teach not only the gospel, but to teach them everything I've commanded you. In fact, to teach us this. And they did. He told them that when he comes back, this is what Jesus said, listen. But when these things begin to take place, the signs that lead up to his return, straighten up and lift up your heads because the redemption is drawing near. Now, if I'm pre-trib, I don't pay attention to that. He can come any moment. I'm not looking for signs that herald his coming, and I can fall asleep based on that. In Matthew 24, 32 through 33, Jesus says, Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, in other words, not mid-trib either, right? You see all these things that lead up to a second coming at the very end. Know, uh, you know that it is near. Matthew chapter 13, verses 29 and 37. Even so, you too, when you see all these things happening, recognize that it is near. When I say, then he says, what I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. Oh, that wouldn't mean pre-tribbers too. He's telling you to be alert for a second coming. How could you be alert for a second coming and watch those signs and obey Jesus right there if you believe that you won't even be here at that time? You can't even obey that scripture. But he says, what I say to you, I say to all to be alert and watch for these things. So we know that we're that Jesus is coming. We know the signs are leaped is coming and we get excited about his return. If you're pre-trib, you can say, oh no, it could happen at any moment. And you may not be paying as much attention to the signs as you ought to be. No, amen. And one of the things I think uh, you've brought this out a, a number of times, and this is really, really important, is the fact that we've seen somewhat of this scenario. And the Bible tells us, that everything that was written beforehand, which I believe that's a reference to the Old Testament when Paul writes yes, that certainly. in the book of Romans, everything that was written beforehand was written for our strength and our encouragement that we might have hope. So we can have hope through all the things that went on in Israel through its history, through the history of the prophets, through the Exodus and so forth, right? And you bring this out specifically, I know this concern comes directly out of the book of Jeremiah. Right, and we call this, uh, we coined a little term maybe, uh, the Hananiah heresy. We talk about the Hymenaean heresy, and that was coined a long time ago, talking about preterism, saying that, the, full preterism, that the resurrection has already come to pass, and dashing people's hopes on the ground in the future resurrection, and he was upsetting the faith of some, Paul said, and he called it, said it was spread like gangrene, and it has, there's a lot of people that believe the resurrection has already come to pass, and it's heartbreaking, uh, that we call it the Hymenaean heresy, and that's been called, dubbed that for years, but something we call that, that the uh, Hananiah heresy. The Hananiah heresy is the idea 
that what the Lord said would come to pass in the future to prepare his people is to be told that it doesn't pertain to you. And we have, I believe, this in Scripture as a warning to what would happen not only to them and what did happen to the Jews in Jeremiah's day, but what would happen to the church later because we have a picture, I believe, the Hanai heresy, and this is really powerful and I think profound. When you read the book of Jeremiah, you read about the 70-year prophecy uh, that Daniel was reading later, right, when the time was almost up or it was up and Daniel was reading while well, these 70 years were up that we were prophesied in Daniel, right, uh, that they would go into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And that prophecy, uh, for thus says the Lord, chapter 29, verses 10, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to uh, this place. And for I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, uh, to give you a future and a hope. So just let them know they're going to go through 70 years of tribulation, they're going to face Nebuchadnezzar, who's a picture of the Antichrist, by the way, who has an image made of himself, and it's 60 cubits high, with six cubits wide, with six different instruments mentioned to bring universal worship to him, 666. He's a definite picture of the Antichrist. In fact, he has a dream about the coming Antichrist kingdom. So they're facing a picture of the Antichrist, and they're being told by Jeremiah to be ready for this, okay, that they're going to go through this and not to fight the idea of going through it. Well, guess what Han and I did? He came around. And his name means grace of God. You know, God's so graceful. He's so merciful. He'd never let you suffer. Well, wait a minute. Didn't all the apostles suffer? That's after he says this, by the way. But I'm just getting ahead of myself here. But Hananiah was, came about prophesying and said, you know what? You know, because Jeremiah came with a yoke. And Jeremiah's in this yoke before the people saying that we're going into bondage, man. We're going to Babylon because we're rebelling against the Lord. We're going to be disciplined. Okay, God's people, be disciplined. And uh, Hananiah came and said, no, you're wrong, Jeremiah. He ripped the yoke off of Jeremiah, threw it to the ground, and broke it up. Right? And it's interesting because we read in Jeremiah uh, then uh, that Jeremiah said to him, you know, it's kind of interesting. This is in chapter 28 and so forth and following. That Jeremiah says to him that because he said that they're going to have peace, they're going to go through this time. And Jeremiah said, well, the prophets that came before you prophesied about war and desolations. And if peace is coming... Uh, it should be backed up by the word. We should be seeing this in the prophets, you know. And he's telling Hananiah, you're off. You're not going according to Scripture. That's kind of what Chad and I are doing right now. We're saying, hey, the, the prophets, Jesus and the apostles, the prophets warned that the church is going through this time. You need to show clear verses where it says we're not, and that would actually contradict all the verses we're sharing. But guess what? The Lord wanted Jeremiah to stand up to Hananiah in a stronger way than he did. And Jeremiah said some good, powerful words to Hananiah. But then when he responded to him, but God said, go back and tell him this. And listen to what he says. Chapter 29, verses 10 and 11. I'm, for, I'm sorry, chapter 28, verses 15 and 16. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah the prophet, Listen now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and you have made this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. And he would die a year or two later. This year you are going to die. So it was that year. Because you have counseled, now listen to this, because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. Now, Chad, this blows me away. Think about what he just said. You have made this people believe a lie, and you've counseled rebellion against the Lord. Now, it's interesting because Hananiah is not saying, go and worship Baal or Baal. He's not saying, go and worship Moloch. He's not saying, go and worship Marduk or Marduk, depending on how you want to pronounce his name. He's not saying to go after all these false gods. He's not saying these things. What's he saying? He's saying one thing really, really wrong. 
We're not going to go through that time. God doesn't have, that's not God's plan for you. He wouldn't let you go through that. After name, my name is Hananiah, grace of God. That's not the grace of God. God wouldn't let his, his children suffer and go through tribulation or whatever, however he spelled it out. But what's heavy is he says, he wasn't preaching all these false gods and everything. He was just preaching a lie about what was coming up, saying it's not for the, not for the, uh, the Jews, right? And he was preaching a lie. But notice what else he said. You've counseled rebellion against the Lord. How is it rebellion? Because people are going to get their hopes up that they're not going to go through Babylon. They're going to go into Babylon. They're going to get all ticked off at the Lord. They're going to get all upset that the Lord's letting them go through that. And by the way, rebellion, that would cause a falling away, right? And by the way, I believe that's what's happening with the pre-trib rapture because Jesus said in Matthew 24 that when it starts, when the rapture doesn't happen and they go through the tribulation, he says at that time, many will fall away. And what's interesting, Chad, that word apostasy in many of our modern versions uh, says of apostasia, it translates apostasia, that coming... Christ coming to gather us together, the rapture, Paul says, won't happen. Second Thessalonians 2, it won't happen until after two things happen first. The apostasia, many translations, I think the NIV, ESV maybe as well, translate it rebellion. Why is it going to be a rebellion? Because people have been following counsel. It says, don't worry, the Lord won't let you go through the great tribulation. So they were told, oh, don't worry, you won't see Nebuchadnezzar, this Antichrist figure, you won't go through that 70 years. And it caused rebellion. And he says, because of that, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but he says, now it's not a yoke of wood, it's a yoke of iron that's going to go on their heads. So it's going to be a lot harder to endure that time if you're not ready to persevere through that time. Which I think leads us into the last one. We talked about the Hymenaean heresy, we talked about the, the uh, Hananiah heresy, now we can talk about the Lehaean heresy. Yeah, I think, Tim I think yeah, this is, uh, this is a huge, huge thing. In fact, interestingly enough, when it comes to what you're going to expose, and I, I won't I won't uh, bury the lead here, but when it comes to what you're going to expose about something that he has said in the past, you were actually called a liar for saying that this person would say say something like this only to have the material provided, obviously, with the reference, because we typically, not that we can't mess up sometimes. We emailed her and said, hey, this is right here, and here's the book page and everything. And proved that to be wrong. So, Joe, I'll give that off to you. Yeah, so (laughs) the the fifth fifth one, or the 15th one, I should say, is we believe it's a recipe pre-trib, it's a recipe for apostasy, uh, and potentially destroying the blessed hope of many, uh, uh, you know, who are trusting in Jesus right now, because uh, the idea is being taught in pre-trib circles that if Jesus doesn't come back before uh, the tribulation period, he's a liar. Uh, he's not fulfilling, the, it's not the blessed hope then, you know, and and we have no hope. And, you know, and I'm saying, I'm saying all, any, any pre-tribber is going to fall for all 15 of these deceptions, some of these deceptions are way different than others. So I believe there's going to be, that's why Jesus warned about persecution and he warned about different types of deception, false Christ, false prophets. But I believe a lot of these deceptions, if not all of them, are in play uh, when this when this goes down. And Tim LaHaye said, listen to this. Tim LaHaye wrote, and this is, and, Tim, and by the way, this is Tim LaHaye's book, Rapture Under Attack, page 69. Okay, this gal, this lady, a very prominent prophecy teacher, teaching a bunch of men and everything else, was saying, oh, you know, Joe Schimmel, that's a lie. Tim, Tim LaHaye, you know, never would have said that if you don't believe in the preacher rapture, the blessed hope is now the blasted hope. And I sent this to her. Um, actually, I was out of the country at the time, and I had Tony send it to her, and he looked it up for <laughs> yeah. me. I told him where it was. If Christ does not rapture his church, Tim LaHaye says, and he wrote the whole Left Behind series with Jenkins, right? If Christ does not rapture his church before the tribulation begins, much of the hope is destroyed and thus becomes a blasted hope or becomes a, yeah, blasted hope. So he teaches that the, 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 the hope becomes, the blessed hope becomes the blasted hope. And by the way, 
So in other words, if you're post-trip, man, you're, you're, and, if, and if you leave pre-trip, man, your hope's blasted. And I thought, wow, that is so unscriptural. Because guess what? Jesus talked of his post-trib coming, of the signs that lead up to it, amen? And he said what? What did we read? He said, watch for these signs, and you know that what? Your redemption is drawing near. And when if you've seen all these signs, and he says what? You know I'm at the door. So what do his signs do for the believer? They encourage our hope, amen? I don't know about you. I mean, some people, if they're faint-hearted and stuff, they see stuff going on in the world right now, they might be losing hope, man, but I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at the scripture. I'm looking at what he says. When it talks about ethnic group against ethnic group, it talks about ethnicities at each other's throats, which is ungodly, the love many growing cold, lawlessness increasing. Look at the lawlessness because they defund their police. And you see, uh, you know, the rise of plagues, all these different things, globalism, apostasy, all these things. I don't say, oh, no, I'm losing hope. I say, man, that's exactly what Jesus said would happen. Man, my hope is growing. Jesus is coming soon. So it encourages my hope. So it's a lie to say that if we go through the tribulation period, that our hope is blasted. Guess what? For the pre-tribber, that can be true though. Not for us. So the pre-tribber finds himself in the tribulation period because he's believed that the pre-trib rapture would deliver him from the coming tribulation. And see, our hope, Chad and my hope, and the hope of millions of post-tribbers and all those who hoped in Christ prior to the rise of the pre-trib rapture in the 19th century, the Johnny-come-lately doctrine, prior to that, that hope purified us. That hope got us through trials, amen? And that hope increases when you see hard times especially when the tribulation period takes place. So this is imperative that we understand that we get this, is when Tim LaHaye, and by the way, the lady that said Tim LaHaye would never say such a thing, uh, Tony told me recently, and we thought of getting the clip, but we didn't have, have time. Uh, but uh, she's going around, the one who said he would never say such a thing, she's going around at a prophecy conference and now saying that. That oh, blessed hope doesn't, if the rapture doesn't happen, it's a, it's a blast of hope. It's like, what in the world is going on here? It's like you're in another, we're living in another dimension sometimes. Like, what are people thinking? Now, it's interesting because pre-tribbers often will lose hope because they've been taught. Now, listen, this is why they'll lose hope, many of them, not all of them. Uh, I know pre-tribbers who, they don't change their view. It's like they're going to, they're already like already in between on the fence. They say, starts going down, and I realize, yeah, I am wrong, you know. Uh, and some will kick in and say, wow, it's just what, you know, we heard Pastor Joe and, 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 uh, and Chad talking about. But the concern is, is that pre-tribbers are taught that, if the Lord let you go through the tribulation period, he's evil, or he hates you, or he's not good, or he's beating up his bride. What kind of Lord would beat up his bride? In fact, at this particular woman's prophecy conference, she had Ed Hinson teach, teaching. He had a picture of Farrah Fawcett up there, big old picture of her all beaten, bruised from one of her uh, movies as a battered wife. And he said, would Jesus do this to the church? You know, And he's playing on the emotions of the people. Well, wait a minute, what happened to Peter? What happened to the Apostle John? What happened to the Apostle Paul who's beheaded? What happened to a lot of the early Christians? What's going to happen to the Christians who the pre-tribbers call the tribulation saints during the tribulation period? Does God not love them? Is he beating his bride? Oh, well, now that's kind of like his wife, the Jews again. But So he can be a wife beater, but not a bride beater? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's illogical. Pre-trib breaks down on every level. But let me read some quotes, Chad, which I think are interesting. Because it's not, I read Tim LaHaye, but listen to, this is what I found, just, just scouring the internet for a few hours, finding comments by pre-tribbers of what they felt about the Lord if he didn't return in the pre-trib rapture. And this shows you how people are being set up for a fall, okay? Because this is what people are thinking. If Jesus doesn't return, this is how he is in the way they want him to return on what they believe are his terms, but are really their terms. A gal by the name of Coco says, uh, and this is kind of interesting, 
If I thought for one second that there was no pre-trib rapture or that we'd be going through the trib, then I'd have to call God a liar. Jesus is a liar, and much of the Bible is a lie. That's the trip, man. So she's ready to rip her Bible up if it's not pre-trib. How about, how about Coco, that maybe you misunderstand it, and then we go through the tribulation period, and that you say, wow, I blew it. You know what? We are going through it. Instead of get angry at God and call him a liar because you've misunderstood his truth. Another gal by the name of Paula says, the Bible also clearly states that at the time of the seven-year tribulation, the restraint of the Holy Spirit will be removed from the earth. Are you saying that Jesus lied to the believers? So uh, the restrainer, by the way, is the Archangel Michael. Go and listen to a podcast we did uh, a number of months ago on that. And by the way, even if the Holy Spirit is the restrainer, he doesn't leave the earth, folks, because uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that uh, the, that we will testify, believers will testify during the tribulation period. And Jesus said, don't premeditate. He said to his apostles, what you speak during the tribulation period when they bring you before uh, the civil leaders, because the Holy Spirit will be there and give you utterance. Amen. You can't be born again, but by the Holy Spirit. You can't be a child of God unless you have the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit and the bride cry out, come, throughout Revelation. Toward the end of Revelation, we see that's their cry. And we see the Spirit of God is there. The two witnesses prophesy by the power of the Holy Spirit, on and on and on. Uh, not perfect, just forgiven, says, quote, if the preacher of rapture doesn't happen, now I'm quoting, it makes God a liar. Since God is absolute and eternal, that would make him, uh, by pure logic, an absolute and eternal liar, meaning none of his promises are real. You get, see why people are going to fall away from the Lord when the preacher of rapture doesn't happen? This is posted on our, on our Good Fight Facebook. If there is, uh, if the preacher of rapture is not pre-trib, then Jesus died in vain. What? <laughs> he died in vain if the preacher of rapture, this new doctrine that wasn't around for the first 800 years of church history, well, they never thought it was in vain before that. So if there's no preacher of rapture now, why would it be in vain? This is called a grafted Gentile, this person. If the restrainer is taken out of the way, so Antichrist is revealed, and uh, we are not taken away, then God breaks his promise that he will never leave us or forsake us because this person has been brainwashed to think that the Holy Spirit is leaving the earth during the tribulation period and we're going to be forsaken and we have to go through it. It's a lot of one you know, bad doctrine begets other bad doctrine. Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't leaving the earth during the tribulation period. It's a false teaching when pre-tribbers say that. Uh, uh, you know, on and on and on. Nathaniel says this, that it makes God evil. He says, quote, if this is true, uh, that there's not a pre-trib rapture, then why does he protect, heal, provide, and love me now? Just to abandon me and forsake me for seven years. I thought that God said he would never forsake me. This makes God a mean, hateful, forsaking liar. Sounds more like Satan to me. Wow. Now understand this. God doesn't forsake us during the tribulation period. Jesus said to his apostles, go into all the world, preach the gospel, all nations, right? To the ends of the earth, right? He says, lo, I'm with you unto the end of the age. That means the end of the tribulation period. Because that's how he defines the end of the tribulation period in Matthew chapter 24 when he says to preach the gospel to all nations and, and the end is not yet, right? But then the gospel kingdom will preach to all the worlds and witness to all nations. Then the end will come. That doesn't happen by the time of the preacher rapture. That happens at the very end. And Jesus says, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. To his apostles, at the end of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, the apostles who are ready to begin through the empowerment of the church at the day of Pentecost, and they're supposed to bring this message that Jesus is with us during the tribulation period. But where does this guy get this teaching? Where does he get this idea that if you go through the tribulation period, that God is hateful, forsaking, uh, uh, forsaking liar, and, and, like, and really more like Satan? Where does he get that? By a lot of pre-trib leaders teaching them that if God let you go through this, he would be a wife beater or a bride beater. That God, that would be, that he'd be evil. This is being taught by pre-trib leaders, brothers and sisters. This is so important because they're being brainwashed to believe that if they have to go through suffering, then that God's evil. That's, that's a wicked teaching. 
If, they, if, if I have to go through the tribulation, then God must be evil. That's where they're getting these teachings. The hope is blasted. That's what Tim Lahey taught. Do you see how serious this is? I'm pleading with you. Understand, don't just wink at this. is serious stuff. This is real flesh and bone stuff that people are going to go through and people are going to fall away in mass, Jesus said. There's going to be serious consequences to this teaching, okay? Victor says, and he's saying, if the rapture is not pre-trib, he says, quote, God is not that vicious, a loving father who seeks nothing but peace for his children. Man, Read the book of Revelation, how he protects his people. The wrath of God isn't directed at God's people. The people that take the mark of the beast, oh, they get a grievous sore on the right hand. Yeah, that's not Christians. Not those who are genuinely continuing to follow Christ. They go to the lake of fire and they have no rest day and night. Jesus said forever and ever, those who take the mark of the beast. That's not Christians. But now we have a lot of pre-tribbers teaching that Christians will be able to take the mark of the beast at that time. So they think this is is God's wrath coming upon Christians. No, those are apostates. Those guys are part of the falling away. True Christians cannot take the mark of the beast. Now, guess what? True Christians have the choice to take the mark of the beast, and there will be a falling away, I believe, of many. Jesus said many will fall away, but those who have the mark of the beast are not genuine Christians at that time. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says if we uh, if we walk in the darkness, say we're in the light, that we lie and we don't do the truth. Uh, Chrissy, I have one, uh, one or two more. Just one more. I'll give one more. We only got about a minute. So Okay, <laughs> I'll end with Chrissy. Chrissy says, A loving God would not leave his followers to suffer the extreme horrifics of the last days. Well, and I appealed again to, what's about this great multitude that no man can number from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue in Revelation 7, 9 through 11, and John's asked by the elder, who are these? And he says, and John says, I don't know, you tell me, basically. And he says, these are those who came out of the great tribulation, I mean, they went through it, who are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. That's a God who became a man, the Lamb of God, who shed his blood for them. Don't tell me he doesn't love them during the tribulation period. He's, he's shed his blood for them. Now, don't confuse tribulation with wrath. We are not pointing to wrath. So when we go through the tribulation period, if it happens in our day, God's wrath will not be poured out upon us because we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And we pour it upon the wicked. But guess what? We will have tribulation. We will face death, but we face that even now. So it's the same deal, just intensified. God bless you guys. We love you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.